two hours, 44 minutes, and two seconds. That's how long it took me to run my second marathon ever this past weekend at the Chicago Marathon. On today's episode of the Lucy Beatrix Podcast, I'm going to tell you guys exactly how I ran a 2.44 at my second marathon and what I learned, what I'm going to do differently next time, as well as what this means and what I'm hoping for the future based on this time. So stay tuned. This is the Lucy Beatrix Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. On my show, I talk about my crazy past life as a fashion model, to my life now as a runner, as a marathoner. And on today's show, I'm unpacking the entire Chicago Marathon experience and sharing with you guys what I've learned and what I hope to do in the future as a competitive runner. Okay, so let's back up. I had been training for the Chicago Marathon for the two and a half months leading up to race day this past weekend on October 9th. I did a 14-week buildup where the first few weeks were just getting base, easy mileage, and got myself up to about 100 miles every week for the six weeks leading up to the race. And I think this is important to start out of saying, like, I went into this thing with a plan. I wanted to train diligently, smartly for a marathon and give it my best shot because up until this point, I'd only ever completed one other marathon in 2019 at CIM and at that race, that was my debut marathon, I ran a 255, which was a 641 pace and I had trained really hard for it. That was actually the first thing I ever trained for in my life. But ever since then, it's been a little bit rocky getting myself back into the marathon. I did that one race and I wasn't super thrilled with it because I was going for a different goal. And like, you know, I was happy I broke three, but it wasn't it wasn't my A race. I didn't walk away from that feeling like, yeah, I really demonstrated what my training had in me, had shown me leading up to that point. So this marathon was more about getting experience and learning how to attack a race after training in a certain way that was going to really indicate to me what I can do out there. So I use this race as an example of how to do the training for a marathon right. And I, I approached it from a certain philosophy of using both a combination of high mileage and two hard days a week, a long run that includes a tempo run where you do a lot of miles around marathon pace and a track day. Um, that was just basically my philosophy. And I'm, I'm a coach. I'm pretty much self-coached and I use a lot of mentors around me, coaches that I look up to to kind of give me advice. But I'm also kind of um, a feel-based athlete. So I like to have a general plan and stick to that, but then also kind of go by feel week to week to see how I'm doing. That's the style that I coach the athletes that I have under under my wing where I kind of go by what their training is look like and um, decide what the workouts are going to be based on what they're hitting or what they're struggling with. And um, yeah, that's kind of how I coach myself. So I had this sense of how I wanted to do this. I wanted to build up to this high mileage weeks, have a quality long run with a lot of miles of marathon pace every weekend, and have a track day where I'm hitting really sharp fast paces, things like kilometer repeats, 800s. 
And that was pretty much my nuts and bolts of how to go about uh, this really competitive marathon. So when I set to training, I emphasized this in the last podcast or a couple podcasts ago, I had some other training partners that I knew were going after a very similar goal that we just bunkered down and shared lots of miles and lots of workouts with just to make it a little less monotonous. Things like 18 mile long runs um, in the middle of the week just to get the miles in. We really focused a lot on mileage and just not not always hard, but in fact, a lot easy. I'd say 80% of my weekly mileage was easy and conversational. So I found people to have conversations with, um, you know, shout out to Omri and Zeb and just all the miles we ran just just out there and, you know, having fun talking and um, logging time on feet. I feel like that was like the biggest secret of this cycle was just getting lots of mileage in. And I've seen this work for some elites, um, some very famous runners, where they just talk so much about mileage. I mean, Elliot Kipchoge himself, who just broke the, the world record in the marathon at Berlin, he's all about mileage. And so I kind of like take take a piece of that and apply, apply it to my own training and really stuck with that as like my number one thing of like have the mileage, but sprinkle in the quality speed work on top of that. And for me, that's the two hard days a week. Some people can do three. They can do track, tempo, and long. I can't. I like to do two hard days with lots of the easy days in between. Um, and the easy days are still long. Like there's still lots of miles, but they're just not at the effort that would be perceived as hard. So um, between having the two hard days and high mileage, I was really setting myself up for success. And I was seeing workouts improve as the cycle went. And I think this is so important to emphasize that it's not like in the beginning of the cycle, I was immediately hitting my, my ultimate marathon pace right away. It took a while. I had to kind of build up. And um, I did that by having my long run start kind of short. Like my longest long run in the very beginning was about 12 miles. And so I would just gradually build up until I got up to 21, 22. And I would have a good 10 to 12 of those miles within the long, long runs at marathon pace. And I was determined to get really comfortable inside marathon pace. I wanted my marathon pace to feel like, yeah, this isn't so crazy. And so with uh, a 244 marathon, um, that is a 6.16 minute mile pace. So the 16s, that was something that I was really starting to feel cozy inside of and wanted to feel like I could hold kind of forever. So um, that really worked. That was something that was like so, that was very important. So um, yeah, so basically what I saw in this cycle was spending a lot of time at marathon pace inside long runs that seems like one of the biggest secrets of all. And I never did that before when I trained for CIM two, year, two years ago or 2019 when I ran the 255. And the difference between 255 and 244 was spending a lot of time at marathon pace. So um, that was another huge aspect of this cycle that I can now incorporate as I, you know, go forward and try to like think of how to attack another marathon. It's just whatever you're doing a lot of miles at inside your long run, that's probably what you can do your marathon at. So that was one thing. Um, another thing is that I really prioritized my recovery 
and made sure that the time between runs, I wasn't overexerting myself. I didn't walk as much. I did. I would take e-bikes instead of regular bikes. Like I wasn't overexerting myself outside of the running because I really wanted the running to be the focus. Um, and when you're running 15 to 20 miles a day to hit those 100-mile weeks, you're kind of tired and not able to do a lot of other stuff. So it kind of, you know, it it's not like it was hard for me to just chill and not do other stuff when I was not running. <laughs> um, so another thing that I did was I really prioritized nutrition. I started supplementing with creatine, which is um, something that helps you metabolize or build protein. Don't quote me. But it's something that I started taking every day. And I I noticed a big difference with this. I don't know if it was placebo or if there's something to it, but the creatine really helped. I also started tracking my sleep with an aura ring, and that gave me a sense of how much I was sleeping and would actually determine if I decided to do my hard day uh, based on how much I slept the night before because I'd maybe move it to a Wednesday if I didn't feel like I was ready on a Tuesday because I didn't sleep enough or if I wasn't recovering enough. So... I used um, my tools to see how my body was responding to training and then would adjust accordingly. So things like the aura ring, things like uh, supplementing. I also did uh, inside tracker, which is uh, a blood work that comes to your, they come to your door and just do your blood work. And I noticed different um, things with that to see like where my nutrition was. And so yeah, having these um, metrics or data on how my training was affecting my body, that was something that I think gave me an edge and gave me confidence to attack my marathon knowing that I was in a good good position. Like I knew I wasn't deficient in iron or B12 or something like that. So I felt like I could attack the race harder. So let's get into, those were the basic things about this buildup that I thought was really important. But let's get into the actual race. So having known the the kind of paces I was hitting during my workouts, I went into this with the idea that I could run anything between uh, 245 and 240. And I knew that what I was going to do for this marathon, that was very different than any, any other time I attempted a marathon or the last time I did the marathon, was I was going to force myself to go much slower than I ever wanted to go but then also take in gels like nutrition and uh, fluids, Gatorade on this course, as much as I possibly could, almost to the point of it felt like I was just stopping constantly or like slowing down, taking Gatorade, taking gels as much as I possibly could. And that to me gave me a huge edge in this race. I, from the very start, well, at the very start of this race, if you didn't know, I actually fell down at the, at the start of the race. Um, but that's that was, you know, 15 seconds of just tumbling down, jumping back up. Luckily, I have practice with falling at race starts, so I knew how to get myself right back up. But that little side note, um, I also just forced myself to just go a little bit slower than I wanted to go and stop and not stop, but slow down to take in fluid and gels as much as I possibly could. So instead of just trying to run like six flat pace the first 13 miles, which I think I probably could have done, I was like, no, like get cozy inside 6.15s, like give yourself those extra 15 seconds to take in gel, take in liquid. It's going to serve you later in the race. It's going to get you past mile 18 because that's always my biggest fear is getting to that after that two hour mark and just thinking, how am I going to hold on now for another 10K or whatever? So taking nutrition during the race 
that was also a game changer for me. That changed everything about this marathon. And I want to share that because I think people don't really realize how much of an edge you can get when you uh, take in nutrition during your marathon. And don't underestimate that. Take it in earlier than you think you should too so that it hits you later on and you don't hit that wall. Because I really noticed when I hit mile 18 and 20, I was very present and I was very much there and tuned in. So I think that was a really big secret for getting myself like really in that in that race, um, staying the same pace basically the entire run. I mean, I did a 122 for the first half and then a 122 for the second half. So I kept even splits that entire marathon. Now, here's the thing. Um, I had a good time. I, I did not, this didn't feel like other races I've done where I've just been like, put your head down, do the work. No, I had fun and I was smiling and I was laughing and I was calling out and like pointing. If you see pictures of me, you see I was having fun. That was also a big part of this race is like, I didn't take it so seriously. I just kind of like made it my own and was like, who cares if it's 247 or 242? I don't care. I just want to have fun. And I think that that's what actually helped me get that 244 because I was like making it fun and especially at the end I was like hell yeah like let's just see what I can do and it I don't know I felt like I just like kept myself at this like 70% where I wasn't ever totally maxing myself out you can see that in my heart rate I was kind of in the 150s the whole time so like the 170s which is typical of racing and sure enough I think that that kind of kept me in the right headspace where I wasn't going to any dark places and um yeah, that was probably like my biggest thing was just having my head on straight. Um, I credit a lot of that to like therapy. I had talked to my therapist the day before. I talked to my therapist a lot during this whole buildup. And I did my athlete meditation um, the day before, the morning of. And yeah, I think that that was a really big part of it. Um, having my head on straight and having fun. Um, but that said, you know, it was kind of a weird feeling to run across that finish line and have it say 244.02. Well, first of all, I could have thought, God damn it, if I just picked it up a little bit, I could have been 243 marathoner, but it is what it is. 244.02. And I'm thinking, wow, two years ago, that time would have qualified me for the Olympic trials in 2020 because the time was 245 to qualify for women for the marathon trials. And so I was a minute faster than that and it didn't even feel like that's crazy. It just kind of felt like, yeah, this is what my training said I could do. So it made me wonder and it made me think about everything else I can possibly do to improve upon this. I was like, this is just the beginning. This is my second marathon. So I like kind of can't wait to go out there and just do it again. I feel like if I could go do it again tomorrow, I'd do it even better because I'd be a little bit more efficient and I wouldn't fall at the race start. Um, but I, I will say that like I talked to this one coach that I respect and he said, Lucy, I really think you should just wait to do another marathon until the spring. Like, I wanted to jump back into something right away. But he says I should just take a little rest, let it, let, let it all sink in, and, like, you know, maybe focus on some track, some 5K, 10K, I don't know. And so I think I'm going to take that advice. But as I'm sitting and enjoying this feeling of a 244 marathon in my legs, I feel pretty darn good. And I'm actually in London enjoying all of this uh, I'm, I'm on a vacation. As soon as I finished my marathon, I jumped on a flight to Iceland and just like hung out there for a few days. Now I'm in London. I'm going to be in Paris for the end of the week. And yeah, I'm just kind of enjoying this amazing accomplishment that 
didn't feel as bad as I thought it would have. And I, I'm telling you guys this because I want to say that marathons are hard, but they're also fun and they don't have to be like so intense. Like truly have fun with it and that's going to be your best race. That is the secret to a fast marathon, having fun. So yeah, shout out to the person on the course. I don't remember their name, but at the mile 20 mark, this man said, just be fast, just win to me as I was running my race. And I was like, you win, like you win by shouting that out to me right now. It really put the biggest smile on my face because I love you guys. You guys are the best. So thank you so much for tuning into my show. You can find me on Instagram. I'm at L-U-C-I-E-B-E-A-T-R-I-X. Uh, find me on Strava, find me wherever, YouTube. Um, and yeah, that's my secret to how I ran a 244 marathon at my second marathon ever. Until next time, just be fast. Just win.